0: listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on PIN.TV slash gold. (laughs) Ha ha. All right, folks. You have to laugh at this. Seriously. You just put the work in, you do the research, you just grind it out over here, and you're going to find the truth, ladies and gentlemen. It is all here. I ask you to please share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with anyone who you think could uh, gain some value from what we do over here. And we are telling the truth. We are breaking it all down. This isn't just opinion. We're showing you all the facts. It's all this research. And sometimes, whether it be on Twitter or Telegram, other places, you'll you'll put something in there. You'll say, I don't know. Ethereum is run on uh, 50% Amazon Web Services. That's contracted with the CIA, the NSA, and central banks. People go, do you have proof of that? Uh, who wrote that? Where's the proof? Well, you're not going to get an article from Fox News that I send to you. I'll send you over to my podcast here. Listen to these podcasts. Oh, that's too much work. That's too much effort. Well, what the hell are you asking for then? You clearly don't want to know like you want one article written by Alex Jones that tells you that uh amazon web services is housing 50 percent of ethereum's nodes and uh this is alex jones here live on info wars prison planet we're in it super bone broth we're gonna take some super male vitality and we're gonna, uh, gonna battle back against these goblin people these chimeras and uh, i'm telling you amazon web services has contracts with uh nsa cia and central banks so if he says that it's true but if i'm telling you it's not true So, I recommend, I I had several people yesterday actually email me that they've been sharing this show with friends and family. So, I do appreciate that very much. So, please continue to do that if you have not, ladies and gentlemen, because it does help us grow. I try to keep it clean. I don't really curse. I mean, I do in real life, but I decided I didn't want to have a show like Mike Moore, riddled with the F-bomb. And then I got to mark the show explicit, and it really limits your reach. So I don't do that, except that show when my father came on. And I was sitting there with a pad, if you were watching the video version of that show, and I was marking down every time he dropped the F-bomb or said something highly inappropriate. And I was going to go back and edit them out until I got to about 23 F-bombs, and I said, all right, forget this. I'll have to chop up the entire... I'll be sitting there editing the show for a week and a half. All right, let's look at this. Just final proof here. This is at Amazon's website, aws.amazon.com. All right, again, why is this important? Because Amazon is housing over 50% of essentially the Ethereum network. All right, it says here... Approaches in retail central bank digital currency, aligning technology with policy. And this is written by Erica Salinas on March 8th, 2022. It says increased digitalization is transforming the payments landscape. The advent of private sector digital currencies and their growing acceptance, combined with the reduction in everyday use of physical cash in parts of the world, opens up new opportunities and risks for central banks and financial institutions over 85 countries representing over 90 percent of global gdp are researching the possibility of launching a retail central bank digital currency a cbdc now we know that number is higher now i think it's um 105 countries representing 95% of global GDP at this point, according to the Atlantic Council, who does the tracking, you know, for the world banks. You know, they work for the bad guys. Uh, I showed you that website a couple of episodes ago. It's a good resource for you, though. Always look at the enemies, at the enemies' tools, ladies and gentlemen, because they publish them for the other enemies, for the other bad guys, but we can utilize them for our own purposes all right it says however as central banks evaluate the pros and cons of central bank digital currencies they are considering different approaches and designs to address the variety of needs and situations of each country are you ready this is at amazon's website amazon web services works with central banks across the globe to support innovation Through working with our customers as they design secure, resilient, and scalable digital currency networks, we understand the need to align technology solutions to their policy visions. To advance understanding in this space, Amazon Web Services worked with the Oliver Wyman Forum on a white paper called Retail Central Bank Digital Currency from Vision to Design which outlines a framework that can help support policymakers in evaluating the interdependencies between policy and technology choices. And that's a little bit of what's going to go on in the World Economic Forum panel we're going to cover. While this paper assumes a central bank has decided to investigate a CBDC, Amazon Web Services does not make any recommendation as to whether a central bank should introduce a CBDC or which solution to adopt if it does. In this blog post, we summarize key principles outlined in the retail central bank digital currency from vision to design framework. All right, and so they've got a chart here, and I'll just go through this quickly. It says, one, aligning CBDC objectives with design principles. Two, aligning CBDC design principles with technical design choices. Uh, Three, evaluating market impact of technical design choices. Uh, Dive deep into the CBDC strategy framework. All right. So this is just a uh, little blog post here. Comes out from Amazon. And I just wanted to show you, boom, Amazon works with central banks on building out the CBDC. Right at the same time, you're supposed to believe again. I have to just keep saying this, I feel like Sean Hannity, but I have to say this at the same time, you're supposed to believe that Ethereum which 50% of it, let's say, is housed on Amazon Web Services, is trying to break the back of the banks and government. It's, It's a complete and total lie, folks. They're all working together. And if I wanted to dig deeper, and I may eventually do it, I have it written down on my list of possible investigations, we might be able to prove that all this stuff is actually working together, that they're housing it over at Amazon Web Services intentionally because Amazon Web Services is working on the cloud infrastructure for central bank digital currency. Ethereum basically becomes the software that the CBDC will be overlaid on top of. It's all working together as one big system. All right? It's one big system. And you're supposed to believe there's different enemies. And before we get into... World Economic Forum, let me just say this. I think it's important. There's a lot of people that reference Sun Tzu, the art of war. I don't know how many people actually read it, but uh, it talks a bit in there about knowing your enemy. And one of the reasons why I think it's so important to understand the technocracy and the transhumanist from the history through the present day through what we project they're going to do in the future is because you have to know your enemy if you are going to fight back against the system or if you are going to resist the system or if you are going to attempt to live one foot in and one foot out of the system you have to understand what that system is you cannot avoid it You cannot challenge it, you cannot resist it, you cannot push back against it, you cannot fight it, you cannot revolt against it, you cannot explain it to people unless you understand what it is. And that's what we're trying to do here is to break it down and to understand what this system is and then you'll understand why. It is in your best interest to try to live outside of it as much as possible. So you have to know your enemy if you're going to fight your enemy. You have to understand your enemy's playbook. And there are bits and pieces of their playbook scattered all over the internet in all sorts of books, and all sorts of documentaries, on all sorts of podcasts. Now, some authors and journalists and podcasters and radio hosts will only go to a certain level. And they will cut it off there. I try to go as deep as possible, folks, so I can show you what's actually happening. I mean, I don't think on this show I'm going to go as deep as uh, uh, Tartaria and uh, Bigfoot and uh, vampires. I mean, I've listened to a lot of podcasts on that stuff. I've read a lot of books on that. But I think the vampires and the goblins and the Bigfoots are all right here. These are the technocrats and the transhumanist folks. They are evil humans doing evil things. And in some cases, I don't believe that they even believe they're evil, which makes them even more dangerous. But they are the wolves. They are the wolves that want to rule over the sheep. And we need to be the sheepdogs to try to lead the other sheep away from the wolves. It's a very difficult undertaking. But this is important. So I think we just broke apart this uh, idea of decentralization. This is nonsense. It's nonsense. It's all centralized under the new players. Is there a giant server system in the treasury or over at the central bank that runs all this? No. Is it being outsourced to Amazon Web Services? Yes, most likely. That is going to happen. Uh, 50% of the Ethereum network is there. If they are going to start building CBDC on top of it, my guess is that it will be housed by Amazon Web Services because you know that Amazon Web Services and Microsoft, as they said, are the two big competitors in the government uh cloud space to begin with so there's only two choices and at the end of the day google and amazon minus microsoft google amazon the rest of them might as well be the same company considering that they all are backed by the same exact investors it's the same mentality of folks running them they are technocrats the scientists the engineers and the technologists who believe that it is their right it is their birthright to rule over all of the other people To control the physical world, the digital world, the biological world, to control the politics, to control all of it. They actually do believe this. Now, since we're talking about central banks, I just want to pull up this article for you, okay? Now, hold on, because they're going to have ads popping up all over it. Let's see if we can get rid of those. Okay, it's going to be a pain in the butt. Ads by Google over here blocking this article so uh, what we're going to do folks is i'm going to skip ahead here because this was quite important but because there's so many ads overlaying on this page i can't really show you this article so what i'm going to do ladies and gentlemen i don't really do this stuff in real time but i'm actually going to print this nope if i print it the ad still overlays on top So let's see if we can say, stop seeing this ad. No, they're not going to let me do it, ladies and gentlemen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to expand my screen out, and then I'm going to open this in full screen so that we can get this. All right, so this article here, this is over at worldpopulationreview.com, and it's titled Countries Without Central Banks 2022. Now, these guys are going to be against the so-called conspiracy theory that the banks are all controlled by the Rothschilds, but that doesn't matter. I just want to set the stage for you here on what central banks are so you have a basic understanding in case you haven't been paying attention to this kind of stuff over the last 10 years or so. It says the central bank, also known as a reserve bank, is a national bank that manages a country's monetary policies on a national level. In most countries, the central bank sets the interest rate to maintain a healthy exchange rate and control inflation, increases or decreases the nation's money supply, handles the printing and coining of national currency, regulates commercial banks to prevent fraudulent or or exploitative behaviors and can act as a excuse me as a lender if a financial crisis occurs in addition central banks also manage foreign exchange rates government bonds and gold reserves now as you know here in this country our central bank is the federal Reserve it did not come into being until 1913. Under President Woodrow Wilson, when we also put into place the Internal Revenue Service and the income tax. Uh, We also changed how we vote for senators in this country. I covered that probably 20 episodes ago. Have a listen. It says, a central bank is a vital component of most nations' financial systems. Nearly every country in the world, particularly those that issue their own currency, has a central bank. In fact, even unrecognized countries such as uh, Abzajka have central banks. As a rule, central banks operate independently so as to avoid any political influence upon their actions and policy-making decisions. That said, most also cede limited control to legislative and executive bodies. See, it's a total mess. It doesn't even make sense. They're part of the government. They're independent. They're not part of it. They are part of it. They're part of it when they want to be, but they're not. It's just a bunch of private guys sit in a room, make decisions on interest rates, on printing money, but they have to answer to the government on Wednesdays. But on Fridays, they don't because they're independent. There's no politics involved. You know why there's no politics involved? Because there's no such thing as politics. There's no such thing as Republican and Democrat in this country. Okay, there's not. That's a WWE Clown World Circus wrestling match for you and I to keep us entertained. goes on to say many central banks also purchase gold and other assets to help back their financial system. And approximately 75% of the world's central bank assets are held by China, the United States, Japan, and the countries of the Eurozone. Despite the crucial role central banks play in a nation's monetary health, there are nonetheless a handful of countries that lack a central bank. Okay, so as of when this article was written, these were the countries that have no central bank, which probably means they're being invaded today. All right. That's usually what we do. If you say you don't want a central bank, then we come and invade you and kill you uh, until we put one into place. It's uh, Andorra, Isle of Man, uh, Kerbati, Marshall Islands, Micronesia, Monaco, Noro. Paulo, Panama, and Tuvalu. And I I used to do research on this stuff years ago, so the stuff in my head is not really up to date, so I don't want to spend a lot of time referencing old material in my head. But let me just read you this. Because it's interesting and it's true, even though they use misdirection and spin... But it says the Rothschild banking empire, the predecessors, but not secret controllers of a central bank, right? So they don't control it. They just started it, put it together, but they don't control it. You have to say that, actually, or you'll be thrown off of the Internet. But I will give my personal opinion. We'll just roll the dice and go with that. When I get back from this break, let me finish up reading this to you. I'm going to show you a short list which is actually long, of all the countries with central banks. And then I'm going to introduce the uh, four characters that we are going to be hearing in this World Economic Forum panel discussion on central bank digital currency. But remember, folks, you know now that this decentralized idea of the Ethereum blockchain is a complete and total lie. It's a fabrication. All of these folks are working together with the same tech companies behind them. This is the technocracy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'll be right back. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. you listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. Welcome back to Pain.tv slash Gold. You are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. Folks, you can support us by leaving a five-star review at Apple Podcasts and a comment. Not much to ask, folks, or leave us a donation at donorbox.org slash and Gold Show, or you can join us at pain.tv slash gold. You can join the Basic or the Hotwire, ladies and gentlemen, the Hotwire. Lots of people have joined the Hotwire, and I want to thank you very much for that, folks. I really do appreciate it. So if you're interested, feel free to do that. It supports the whole Pain Network. It supports the Dustin Gold Show. It supports the Thomas Paine podcast, so please think about that. All right, let's continue here. It says the Rothschild Banking Empire, the predecessors but not secret controllers of central banks. In the 1760s, a Jewish banker from Frankfurt, Germany, and I'm allowed to say Jewish. I'm a quarter Austrian Jew. Uh, My family was not practicing, but... I am a quarter Austrian Jew. That's for the censors out there. I just want to put that out there. You cannot ban me for saying this. It says in the 1760s, a Jewish banker from Frankfurt, Germany named Meyer Amschel Rothschild founded what eventually became a banking dynasty. From humble beginnings in the Jewish slums of Frankfurt, Rothschild would eventually establish banks in Frankfurt, Germany, London, England, Paris, France, Uh Uh, uh, Austria and uh, and Naples, Italy, with each bank headed by one of Rothschild's five sons. The family became known as pioneers and trendsetters in the realm of international finance and were instrumental in aiding England and its allies during the Napoleonic Wars of 1803 through 1815. At one point in the 1800s, the Rothschild family possessed the largest private fortune in the history of the modern world. For example, between 1895 and 1907, they loaned more than $450 million, more than $13 trillion by 2022 standards, to various European governments. Given their immense wealth and power, it's unsurprising that the Rothschild family was the subject of many conspiracy theories. What's the conspiracy theory? That they were uh, people that held immense power and wealth? (laughs) How's that a conspiracy theory if you just admitted it? One such claim maintained that the family secretly controlled the world's wealth and financial institutions, including the central banks of various countries. No evidence exists to support this claim, although significant evidence exists that it's a myth rooted in and fueled by anti-Semitism. Well, you just told us what they were doing they set up these banks and they were funding uh, the napoleonic war i mean does that not prove exactly what you're now denying It goes on to say, "...in reality, central banks are essentially a government function. As such, they would not be subject to control from a private family, even one as influential as the Rothschilds. In the 18th and 19th centuries, however, many countries had not yet established central banks, so the Rothschild banks fulfilled many of the functions that a central bank now carries out today." The Rothschild family is involved in financial services, real estate, nonprofit organizations, winemaking, and other fields. So I just wanted to show you, so that's that's sort of the short history, the abridged version of central banks. I don't want to go too into depth on central banks now. We're eventually going to cover that because one of the original United States central bankers, his name was Frank Vanderlip, we mentioned him about 10 or 15 episodes ago, was actually bringing Howard Scott, the founder of Technocracy, Inc. around and introducing him to folks. So you generally find bankers behind any of these big power schemes, these big control schemes, uh, because they have to be funded by the bankers. And the bankers, as I told you, aren't really interested in money, not the way you and I see it. They print the money. They're interested in complete and total control. So a system like Technocracy or communism or socialism or fascism or, uh, you know, crony corporatism, uh, corrupt capitalism. That benefits the bankers. They love that stuff because it gives them power and control. I mean, in this system, we just keep slapping future generations with debt. Well, they might not have to do that if they move into a central bank digital currency system and chain you to the block, otherwise called the block chain all right folks so just a little brief history on central banks now let's look at this we're over at wikipedia and this is a list of central banks and i'm not going to go through all of it because there's how many here i don't know folks i think it's 190 something countries have central banks it's crazy almost every country you could think of except those 10 on the last list are right here on the list of central banks so that goes to show you how big and powerful this system is and you can just google list of central banks and you're going to find this uh, on wikipedia all right so today we broke down the decentralized scam we showed you that ethereum has 50 percent of its nodes hosted on amazon web services along with Google, Microsoft, a few others, Oracle. We showed you how those companies, mainly Amazon Web Services, get major contracts from the CIA and the NSA to house data. We showed you that Amazon Web Services is working with the central banks. All right, that's a lot of intelligence right there, folks, a lot of intelligence. I just gave you a brief history of central banks It's all a conspiracy theory that the Rothschilds were super powerful because they were super powerful. That's a conspiracy theory. And then we just showed you a list here of all these central banks. Now, this is important because we're moving into this World Economic Forum panel discussion from June of 2022 on central bank digital currency. And two of the people that sit on this panel discussion are the heads of central banks. Okay, one of them is the head of the Central Bank of France, and the other is the head of the Central Bank of Thailand, who's quite interesting because he was just involved with the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub test for the cross-border central bank digital currency that we reviewed the other day. And that was built on top of what? Ethereum. By who? consensus see all the pieces of the puzzle fit together all right so first let me just go through this with you. i'm going to start doing this when we review panel discussions so that i can call these people by first name when i'm pausing this is for the audio only audience over there on the free side of the podcast so this discussion is hosted by julia chatterley all right Julia Chatterley, and so we'll call her Julia. She is uh, Studies London School of Economics and Political Science, formerly six years at Morgan Stanley on the hedge fund desk, selling interest rates, FX, credit, acuities, And options products with CNBC co-anchored CNBC's Capital Connection and European Closing Bell and hosted special programs, including an in-depth interview with Italian political activist Beppe Grillo. Currently, anchor and European reporter for CNBC, lead reporter for the main business and political events in Europe, including Eurogroup and EU leaders' summits in Brussels, as well as in-depth coverage of the Greek and Italian elections, and... Uh, Cyprus bailout has interviewed European heads of state and financial uh, finance ministers and often reports on key corporate earnings, regular contributor to CNBC programming in the United States. All right. So this is the host, Julia. She's also an anchor over at CNN. All right. Now she's all tied in here to World Economic Forum and host panel discussions for them. All right, next up on the panel here, we have Kristalina Georgieva. So this is Kristalina, we're going to call her, Kristalina. Kristalina Ivanova Georgieva Kanova. She's a Bulgarian, born in 1953. She's an economist serving as the managing director of the International Monetary Fund since 2019. So she's managing director of the IMF. She was the chief executive of the World Bank Group from 2017 to 2019 and served as acting president of the World Bank Group from February 1st, 2019 to April 8, 2019, following the resignation of Jim Yong Kim. She previously served as vice president of the European Commission under Jean-Claude Juncker from 2014 to 2016. Uh, Just a little bit more. It says in uh, 2021, an independent inquiry determined that uh, Georgieva had instructed staff at the World Bank to inflate data to make China look better during her tenure as chief executive. However, the executive board of the IMF determined that the investigation, quote, did not conclusively demonstrate, end quote, wrongdoing and expressed confidence in Georgieva's Leadership. So, as you can see there, she got in a little bit of hot water. And there's a whole bunch on her. If you want, just Google her, look her up. Kristalina, K R I S T A L I N A. Uh, Georgieva, and you'll find her on wikipedia lots of information i wouldn't go too deep on her i just want you to know who she is because she's going to pop up in a few of the discussions we are going to analyze over the next couple of episodes then we have here uh, francois villeroy de Galou. so we'll just call him frank i think you want to call him frank francois villeroy de Galou. this guy's born in 1959 he's a french civil servant Yes, he serves the people and banker serving as governor of the Bank of France and ex-officio president of the French Prudential Supervision and Resolution Authority since 2015. So this guy is the uh, governor, we'll call him Gov of Bank of France. So he's the head of France's Central Bank, ladies and gentlemen. I just want you to have a little understanding of who these folks are. This guy was born in Strasbourg. He descends from the family Villeroy de Gallo, co owner of the ceramic manufacturer Villeroy and Bouch, domiciled since the late eighteenth century in Wolferfund, speaks German fluently, after earning his French a uh, bachelorette degree at the La Cie St. Louis de Ganzugu, and his engineering degree doesn't really matter, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, this guy is the head of the Central Bank of France. All right. And then we've got Axel uh where is this axel p lehman so i looked it up no relation to the lehman brothers he has two n's in his name they had one he's chairman of the board of directors of uh bank suisse okay so he is we're going to call this guy this is axel p lehman so we'll just go by axel here and uh, Credit Suisse, and just give you a little bit of his credentials here. He's uh, chairman and chair of the Governance and Nominations Committee, uh, chair ad interim of the Risk Committee, member of the Conduct and Financial Crime Control Committee, member of the Audit committee. This is uh, Credit Suisse. He also was involved with UBS, Zurich Insurance Group, Swiss Life, Institute of Insurance Economics at the University of St. Gallen, and he's got a bunch of uh, degrees and PhDs and stuff like that, folks. So this is uh, the guy who's basically going to be representing the so-called private sector on this panel. So you've got the Managed Director of the IMF, you've got the Governor of the Bank of France, and then you've got Axel, who is the chairman of the board of Bank Suisse, you'll see him kind of go tit for tat with uh, Frank uh, as Frank tries to hit back and make some jokes against the so-called private sector in the commercial banks. And then finally, on this panel, we are going to have this gentleman named Mr. Sethaput Suthawarnaraput, believe it or not. So we're going to call this guy Seth. Because it's S-E-T-H-A-P-U-T, and then the last name, folks, I'm going to spell this for you because it's funny. S-U-T-H-I-W-A-R-T-N-A-R-U-E-P-U-T, Suther Warnerput. Now, this guy is the governor of the Bank of Thailand, okay? So, he is the head of the central bank in Thailand thailand this guy actually speaks fantastic english i think he's probably from here he went to yale university but he is the governor of the bank of thailand and commissioner on the securities and exchange commission in thailand all right and so i pulled up a little bio on him this guy has a phd in economics from yale uh masters in philosophy Uh, economics at Yale, a BA, highest honors economics, uh, Swarthmore College, that's USA. And then he's a member of the National Economic and Social Development Council, member of the Board Securities and Exchange Commission, member of the Board Office of Insurance Commission. And this guy has been all over the place as well. So this is going to be the panel discussion at the World Economic Forum on central bank digital currencies. Again, this is from June 2022. And then we're going to work our way backwards over the next couple of episodes with a few panel discussions I have. Again, I am now bringing in the bureaucrats and the bankers, the regulators, the policymakers into this investigation we've gone through the technologists the tech companies the private investors all that stuff and now we're going to bring in the guys who are setting the policy the central bankers and as i said some of this is going to sound a little bit boring to you but trust me there's many many nuggets inside here if you like to analyze and investigate this type of stuff this is chock full of nuggets for us ladies and gentlemen again we're trying to work this towards being able to put the big picture together and help you figure out when this system is coming and how we are going to work around this system ladies and gentlemen i'm going to work around a quick break i'll be right back this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold or listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash Gold.